Hey, product people, welcome to the Product to Profit podcast. We're pulling back the curtain on what it's really like to scale a product-based business profitably and getting into the mindset of a seasoned buyer. I'm your coach, Kristen Fisher, a former corporate retail buyer with over 15 years of experience working for some major brands that you would definitely know, turned six-figure e-commerce store owner of my own gifting brand, Boku, and a retail strategy coach for product-based business owners, just like yourself. Inside this podcast, I have honest conversations about what's going on inside of my own business. And I'm also sharing insights to help you get inside the mindset of a buyer to start applying big retail strategies to your own small retail business. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I am feeling a little bit nostalgic today, so I'm just going to record an episode kind of off the cuff. I made some notes on a little post-it here, doing something a little bit different. I am celebrating five years in business with Boku, and I've just been thinking a lot this week about what that really means, and I'm doing a lot of (laughs) self-work to celebrate my wins more regularly. And I know everybody says, you know, celebrate the wins that you have in your business and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that sounds really great. But what does that actually mean? Whenever you actually are celebrating a win, what does that look like? For me, a lot of times I'll, you know, pop a bottle of champagne and have a toast with my husband and, you know, then move on. But that one singular moment, I think sometimes it's nice and that is a perfect way to celebrate. But it's not always a deep down, genuine, pausing and letting it soak in celebration. And that's kind of what I'm talking about here. I'm always really quick to kind of move past things and start focusing on my to-do list or the next big thing or the next big idea instead of actually pausing and taking account for all the the work that has gone into the accomplishment. And so I've been reflecting on this five years in business this week, and I thought it could be fun to just do a quick episode talking through the five lessons I've learned in five years in business. And so, like I said, I was reflecting and I jotted some notes down on a post-it note, and I just kind of want to talk from the heart a little bit on this episode today. So before I dive into the lessons that I've learned, I kind of feel like I should share a little bit of a a story. So if you're listening for any amount of time or you've met me and you're listening for the first time here, you've at least heard me talk about my background in corporate retail. And a lot of people ask me, like, why did you start Boku? And what prompted you to do this? And I've talked about this a lot on other people's podcasts, but I haven't really shared it here on my own podcast. So the Cliff's notes really are that I was working in corporate retail and a couple of things were kind of happening in my life at that time. I had gotten engaged to my now husband and we had a two-year engagement. And during that time, other friends were getting married and having babies and buying new homes and having these exciting things happening in their careers and their lives. And also sad things were happening. And I am a big gifter. Gifting is one of my love languages and shocker, right? (laughs) And I was finding it really difficult to find a gift that was affordable and met my aesthetic and my packaging um, expectations that wasn't breaking the bank. There are 
so many gift box brands now, but at the time there were not as many. And there were a few that are out there still today doing a really amazing job. And I was like, you know what? I want to do my own version of this. So this was just kind of a little like seedling that was brewing in my mind while I was going throughout my own wedding planning process with my own bridal party. And kind of simultaneously, I was feeling burnt out at work. And I truly would say that the actual idea to start a business did not start until after the wedding was completely over. And all of a sudden, I found myself with this huge gaping hole of downtime because every, you know, every night you'd go home from work and you'd work on wedding things. And suddenly I had all this free time. And I realized that my burnout at work was being supplemented by the creative outlet that I had with the wedding process. I loved planning my wedding. I had so much fun with it. Um, I'm sure there were some stressful times, but I had a ton of fun with it. And so when that was over, I think a lot of brides feel that void afterwards. So that's when I started thinking, okay, I am not going to quit my job. There are no other career paths that I think are right for me, but I feel like I'm not fulfilled. And so I started thinking about just starting this side project and I spent an entire summer um, working on a business plan and I did my research. I had the best time on the weekends. I would literally go and sit at Starbucks or Panera for hours and I'd work on my business plan. I'd research, um, really just like digging into the the business building process because I was doing it as a project. I wasn't really doing it to leave corporate retail. I actually never had any intention of leaving my job. So it really was a fun, creative project. I was challenging myself. I just wanted to see if I could make some money doing something that I genuinely loved to do, but for myself. So it really just started out as a side project. I will never forget the day that I hit publish on my website. And I think anybody listening to this podcast, you more than likely have your own website at this point or you're thinking about it. But most of you probably already have hit publish on your website and you know exactly that feeling. You probably know the exact moment in your memory, burned in your memory forever of when you hit publish or go live on your site. I had a buy review. I don't remember what season it was for, but it was in front of our CEO, the CFO, um, the head of design, my entire team, my team that reported to me directly, plus my counterparts. I was reviewing and presenting my collection that I had bought and all the financial buys that were attached to those that assortment. And so it's a very intense meeting. The weeks leading up to it are very intense. I talked a little bit on the podcast last week about the actual process itself, but it's truly grueling for buyers. It is very fun in some parts, but it's also stressful. There's so much change. There's so much back and forth. Really intense time period. So I had this really big meeting and I walked out of the room. It went really well. And I was like, yes, what a relief. That's done. It all went well. Minor changes. I walked back to my desk. I sat down and I hit publish on the Boku site. And it was the most euphoric feeling. I know I got a couple of orders right away from friends and family, which is what happens, but you're never quite sure if you're going to launch to crickets. And I was very fortunate that I got a couple of orders that day. And it was just 
such a cool experience. I went home that night. My husband and I toasted with champagne, (laughs) which is, I guess, a common thing with my celebrations. And I was drinking a glass of champagne and wrapping my first order in the guest bedroom that we had cleared out from our three-bedroom house. That was my studio at the time. It was so tiny. And it was a great memory. And I am just so proud of myself for self-funding, bootstrapping, hustling and grinding. And I'm not here for the hustle and the grinding culture, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, right? I'm really proud of the hours I've put in, the decisions I've made, the slow burn growth that I have had intentionally so that I could do this on the side and build it on the side. I really feel that I have come a long way and I'm excited to just kind of talk through a couple of the lessons that I've learned along the way throughout that journey. I guarantee you the second that I I stop recording this episode, I'm going to think of like 15 more. I got my post-it note out and I just jotted down the first five things that came to mind. And I started thinking of a couple other ones. And I was like, nope, I'm going to go with the five that came to the top of my mind immediately because those are like what's in my gut. And what must feel like the most relevant, at least right now. I'm probably going to kick myself and think of other things later, but here we are. I'll do my my 10 lessons from 10 years in business <laughs> if anybody's still listening in five years. So, okay, the very first thing that I have learned, and I learned this pretty quickly, but I maybe would do have done some things differently along the way, but the first thing is being marketing and customer-focused always, first and foremost. I think until you have built, I don't know, a seven-figure business, you need to be marketing-focused at all times. I've always, always been customer-focused, but admittedly, I get easily distracted by a lot of things like having a perfect website. I'm not saying my website's perfect, but I want it to be perfect. Or, you know, having everything on the back end be flowing perfectly. And, you know, I'm very type A, clearly. So sometimes I get hung up on the things that don't actually move the needle or don't actually matter. I know we've all heard everybody say like done is better than perfect. I think that's the phrase. I think that that's hard for those of us that are perfectionists to actually listen to that and live that. But truly, I wish that I had been more marketing focused earlier on and it's something that I am continuously leaning into and I remind myself whenever things get a little bit crazy and I find myself falling back on my old habits of, you know what, I'm super, super busy. I just want to go organize the inventory on the shelves. (laughs) Like there's something so therapeutic about that or I want to just wrap gifts or I want to get in the website and start messing around with copy. I mean, yes, those things are all important and necessary to do, but also it won't matter if you don't have sales coming in. So being focused on your marketing at all times, like that should be 80% of what I'm doing um, to bring sales in. And so that's really the first thing is to just be consistent and really focused on the marketing aspect. And you know what? Specifically, I want to say email marketing because email marketing hands down is the most lucrative marketing channel that you have or one of the most lucrative. 
not spending a million hours and all this energy on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Those are platforms that you don't own your audience. You could have a million followers and Instagram gets hacked and it's shut down. And how are you going to have sales come in, right? So marketing focus, but specifically growing and nurturing my email list and being really consistent on that. I'm consistent now, but I was not consistent with email marketing. I am embarrassed to admit this, but probably for the first three years of the business, I got an email out uh, once a month once every six weeks. I don't even know. I was not consistent. I'm not being hard on myself. I just wish that that had been more of a focus versus making my Instagram look pretty. So my second thing is do not compare yourself. And this is very easy to do on Instagram. But the thing that I just want to share is that, okay, this is going to sound bad. There is no completely original idea out there anymore. There's very few right? But you have your own spin and your own take on something. So if I felt like there are so many gift box brands out there already, I don't know how to make a gift box different. Well, guess what? There's only so many ways you can have a gift box be a gift box and have it be different. I have my niche on the way I you know, assort product. It's my own vision. I have gift wrapping. I have my box a little bit different. But that's just what I chose to do. And I have, I'm in my lane, right? But it was not as easy in the beginning because you're constantly comparing yourself. And the thing that I still have to remind myself on sometimes, whenever you feel like you don't have it all together and you're comparing yourself to another brand, you are one person. And the brand that you're looking at that is an aspirational brand, that could be a brand that you want to get to that level they probably have a team, right? Even if they have one extra person helping them, five people, 20 people, 30 people, they could have the funding. They could have angel investors. You have no idea. And you are one person or you maybe you are three or four people and you're comparing yourself to somebody with a team of 20. So don't compare yourself to what's going on around you. You can maybe be inspired by them if you feel that it is not inspiring and it's actually making you spiral, then maybe you should consider muting them on Instagram or unfollowing and just not even looking because it's not worth the energy output that you are going to spend on feeling like you're not doing enough when you are doing exactly what you need to be doing, which is focusing in on your own brand and your zone of genius and your niche and just continue to do what you're doing. Okay. The third thing, oh, this is a big one. Build in downtime and really lean into the seasons in your business. Be okay with having white space, with having space on your calendar, with sales being a little bit slower. When there's natural peaks and valleys in your business, you need to allow yourself to rest in the valleys and ramp up in the peaks. So when I say that, I'm saying, okay, let's let's give the example of Boku. Obviously, there are times of the year where gifts are very important and at the forefront of people's mind. Mother's Day, Father's Day, wedding season, you know, Christmas, the holidays, those are peak seasons. The valleys are times like the summer. There's not a lot of gifting happening. 
So I have learned to be okay with those slower time periods and not panic that sales aren't coming in. I manage my cash flow appropriately so that I am planning for those slower times. So that takes an adjustment and that takes some skill with your books to be able to be comfortable in those peaks and valleys in your in your business. But you have to allow yourself to rest. You have to allow yourself to recover so that you can really maximize the opportunities whenever your business is on fire, right? You have to give yourself room to reflect on the season that you're coming out of. And it's interesting because I, I'm not surprised by the peaks and valleys. I have planned businesses for years and really been down in the weeds on the financial plans and how that ties back to inventory for major businesses. It's a different thing whenever it's your own business and you're physically exerting energy during those peaks and valleys. So I was never as emotionally attached to business being up and down in corporate retail because first of all, it wasn't my money. Now, I was very dedicated to my to my job and I cared very much about my business, but I wasn't well, maybe I was actually losing some sleep <laughs> over it, but it just feels different now, okay? Now that it's my own money, it feels different and I physically need the rest. So, I am very very dedicated this summer to taking 4 weeks off. I'm probably not going to take them off off, but I'm going to be prepared in advance with some content and things set up so that I can actually really genuinely work. I don't actually know how many hours a week is realistic, but I'm going to try very hard to work no more than 10 hours a week. That's actually not even taking time off. Like what am I see even as I'm recording this, I'm not actually taking the time off. It's very hard for me. Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to try and work no more than five hours a week during those four weeks. I'll just say that here publicly. Um, and I'm I'm just going to leave this and I'm not going to edit this out, <laughs> even though I'm really want to. But it's very hard for me to take down time. But I regretted it big time last year because I did not take my foot off the gas in the summer. And I was so burnt out in Q4. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was like crawling to the finish line. And so I'm going to really take my own advice this year and and make sure that I'm building in some downtime. The fourth the fourth lesson that I've learned and thing that I have always kept front and center in my business is always remaining profit focused, having that mindset of the bottom line is what matters, not my top line revenue dollars. I know I've said this before, I can't stand whenever people are constantly talking about my six-figure business, my multi-six-figure business, my seven-figure business. Who literally cares if you're not making any money at the end of the day? And so it really is just about finding creative ways to find profit in your business. I'm super passionate about this. And it's something that I've just continuously been refining and working through. I am hosting a roundtable at Ultimate Product Party in a week or so when this comes out, it'll be a week. Um, and it's all about finding profit in your business through assorting your product the way a buyer would and just some other brainstorming tips on how to be creative about finding more money in your business without bringing in more product. So that is just something that the end of the day, we should all be doing because we are not here running hobbies. We're running businesses. You want to be able to pay yourself. You want to 
grow to whatever size you want to grow to. Who cares what other people say is the, you know, ultimate number that you should grow to. Whatever it is that you envision for your business, you need to have profit to be able to get there at the end of the day. If selling your business is your goal, profit's the only thing that matters. One of the only thing that matters, building a good brand, you know, having a solid email list, all those things still are very important, but your profit is what they're going to look at first. And so the last thing, my fifth lesson learned in five years in business is to find your people. When I say find your people, this means a lot of things. So the very first thing is to find a biz bestie. (laughs) And I really can't believe I got as far as I did without having that. Um, Now that I have it, I don't understand how I survived. So the best way to find that is through communities, through groups, connecting, collaborating, not being afraid to reach out to somebody on Instagram that you admire and saying, hey, can we connect? I know that that sounds so simple and it's kind of hard to put ourselves out there, but truly once you find one or two people that just get you, that are going through something similar as you, it truly moves the needle in your business and just gives you that kind of sounding board to be able to say like, I'm having a shit day. Like I just need to talk through this with somebody or I don't know how to handle this situation can you give me some advice on this, right? And remember that they're peers. So you want to make sure that when you find that friend in business that you're not relying on each other for all the things and all the decisions in your business, but they are a sounding board. That is super important. Other ways of finding people are hiring coaches that you genuinely feel connected to that they actually understand your business. That's a big thing too. You might find a coach and you're like, this person is awesome. They're totally up my alley with the way that they teach and blah, blah, blah. But they know nothing about product or they know a ton about Etsy and nothing about Shopify and you're not on Etsy, right? I'm making that example up for whatever reason. That's what I chose. But It's important to make sure you find a coach that actually resonates with you, but a coach can help fast track your success when you find the right one and you know how to work with them and you don't do it too soon. Don't do it before you're ready to actually have that advice in your business, but that is super important. And really the third part of finding your people is hiring smart And knowing when you're ready to outsource, knowing when you're ready to bring somebody in to help you physically produce the product or package your orders or outsource certain tasks that you are not executing on properly. I think I'm going to do a different episode on hiring because I'm continuing to go through this process myself and really hone it in and find the right people. And there's lots of lessons learned. I have done a ton of hiring on the corporate side and I have have tons of lessons uh, learned on how to bring in the right people for the right roles and how to really nurture them and develop them. I love doing that. So I'm excited that I'm getting to the point where I'm bringing more people in for Boku, but being smart about bringing people in to fill the roles that genuinely need to be filled that are actually going to move the needle and relieve you of things that 
drain you, that you hate doing, that need to actually happen in the business in order for your business to either function or move forward. There's so much I can talk about on hiring. So I'm going to pause on that. I'm just going to say, find your people, find somebody that can be a sounding board, that's a biz friend, that really understands you. Find a coach or a community or a course or something that you know really will genuinely move the needle in your business and hire smart. Those are my five things. So marketing focused, don't compare yourself, build in downtime and be okay with seasons in your business. Always have profit at the forefront of your mind and find your people. Those are my five things. Five years in business, five lessons learned. Thank you for listening. It is such an honor to be in your earbuds every week. I am just so grateful for those of you that are listening and finding me on social and connecting. It truly is just such an honor to have you a part of this journey with me. And I'm really excited to see where the next five years takes me, honestly. I think really like the best part about running our own businesses is that we're in the driver's seat and we control the path that we take. And if you have a cool idea, do the thing, right? So I have a lot of good ideas. Well, I don't say good, but I have a lot of ideas for Boku growth and a lot of ideas for coaching. And it's going to be really fun bringing it to life and just doing the things that light me up. And one of those things, if you're listening to this live, so the second week of March, the week of March 8th, I'm hosting my first live masterclass, the Trade Show Secrets Masterclass. I'm sharing literally all the tips and things from my experience working as a corporate retail buyer and my own small business buying experience when I go to trade shows and the the communication that I have with brands during the trade show season, whether it's at the trade shows, after the trade shows, or from brands that aren't even able to go to the trade shows. I'm giving you all the tips and I'm going to help you figure out how to have your brand stand out to buyers. So if that is something that intrigues you, grab the link in my bio. The masterclass will be live on March 11th. There will be an hour training and an hour hot seat call. So you get me live for one hour answering your questions. Anything about wholesale, I will be there. Super open book. It's going to be really fun. And if you listen to this after March 11th, you can still grab the link in the show notes. You will still be able to get access to the masterclass. You just won't have the live portion. So get your ticket. DM me on Instagram at Product to Profit Coach if you have any questions. I'm so excited to see you there live on the call on Thursday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me in this five years in business. I hope that you are crushing it in your own business as well. All right, that's all I've got for you today. I am so glad that you're here. If you are loving the show, I would be beyond grateful if you would just take a minute to rate and review this podcast just to help spread the word. Now, there's something in it for you too as a little thank you. If you leave a review, share a screenshot or just share the show to your stories and tag me at product to profit coach on Instagram. You'll be entered to win my new monthly giveaway where you'd win a hot seat coaching call with me. You'd have the option to record it live on this podcast, which not only would be so much fun, but would also give your amazing brand some visibility and you a quick win. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week.